It's been said that myths and legends all have a grain of truth. In many cases, these truths are just as interesting as the legends themselves. In this episode, we will explore the legend and the truth of the Pied Piper. The version of the Pied Piper that is most well known is a version recorded by the Brothers Grimm. This story goes that the town of Hamlin was overrun by rats and the townspeople were trying to find a way to rid themselves of the infestation. It was then that a stranger in bright colored clothes came to town. The man offered to clear the town of the rats in exchange for payment. Once an agreement was made, the man produced a wooden flute or a pipe and lured the rats out of town. Depending on what version you read, he either led them to the river to drown or into a mountain. Either way, the townspeople were ecstatic about their rat-free town. However, they didn't feel that it was necessary to uphold the bargain that they had made with the man. After all, the only thing he had done was play some music and lead them away. The stranger vowed revenge against the town that had betrayed him. He returned on a later date when the adults were in church, and this time it was the children that followed the man's music down the street. They were never seen again. In our own modern interpretation, we look at the story as a cautionary tale. It tells us that we need to fulfill our deals, to pay our debts, or we will need to face the consequences. Yet the earliest mention of the piper didn't have anything to do with a deal or a vengeful man, or even rats. So what's the point of the story? Well, truthfully, there wasn't really a story at all. Instead, there's an inscription an old window, and local history. Truthfully, 130 children are recorded as disappearing from Hamlin, Germany. The town of Hamlin is littered with mentions of these children, and there's a festival in memoriam of these 130 souls. So what happened in Hamlin? Did these children die in a horrible way? Did they leave the town of their own free will? And who was the piper? How does he come into this story? The earliest written record of the missing children and the piper can be found in the town chronicle. This states, as of the year since our departure of our children. The year is the year 1284. Another city book states, in the year 1284, when young people celebrate, according to ancient tradition, the feast day of St. John, there came a strong and unknown adventurer dressed in strange loud clothes. He went up and down the street and, with the help of a pipe and many gestures, brought together a multitude of children and finally led 130 out of the town, and no one knows where the children could have gone. In 1375, a deacon of St. Boniface wrote a prayer that is translated as, Mary, hear us for your son refuses you nothing. This, the year 1284, after the birth of Christ. It is the year when men and women grow weak, cannot toil, and place their arms akimbo. In that year, on the day of St. John the Apostle, 130 young people of Hamlin were separated from their parents and were swallowed up alive, as they say among the people. O Christ, protect those who were accursed and then command that no such terrible evil shall occur again. It was in 1572 that the southern part of St. Nicholas Church in Hamlin was repaired. 
While completing the repairs, a badly damaged painted window wasn't covered. The window had, for some reason, been bricked over for an unknown amount of time. The bricks were removed and the people went about restoring the window. From the retellings, the window portrayed the image of the piper leading a group of young people out of Hamlin toward a mountain. Around the painting was an inscription that read, On the day of the apostles, St. John and St. Paul, 130 children born in Hamlin left for Calvary and after undergoing all kinds of dangers were lost at Copen. It is believed by many that the original window was created shortly after the children disappeared and was meant to be a memorial. Yet, for some reason, the window was bricked over and left to be forgotten until it was uncovered in 1572. To make things even worse, after its rediscovery, the window was destroyed sometime after 1660. Another inscription is found on City Hall and it reads much the same as the window. This inscription is dated 1613. Yet another inscription is found on the house of the Piper. Well, it isn't his true house. According to local tradition, the Piper stayed in a certain house during his short time in Hamelin. In 1888, a small cottage was built beside the house, and the real house was pulled down three years later. The small cottage took over as the home of the Piper in local tellings, and beside it reads, In the year 1284, on the day of John and Paul, it was the 20th of June, 130 children born in Hamlin were led by the Piper in all kinds of colors and lost at Calvary on the way to Copen. This inscription is dated 1602. This shows us that there are many accounts of missing children in Hamlin. So, with all this evidence, we should know what happened, right? Well, no, not really. You see, not one of these inscriptions or accounts were actually written at the time of the incident. The earliest recorded information was still written almost a hundred years after 1284. And this mysterious window was destroyed at least 300 years ago. So all the documentation could have been corrupted before it was even recorded. For almost a hundred years, the story was passed down from word of mouth. Think about what that means. Have you ever played the telephone game? You know, the one where you whisper something into a person's ear and they in turn whisper what they heard into the next person's ear and it just goes on and on. The last person in line then announces the end result. I don't know about you, but I've never played that game and had the end result match what was said in the beginning. But surely this is different. I mean, this is 130 children. Surely something like that wouldn't have changed drastically in just 100 years. Is that why posts of these accounts are so vague? I mean, we really don't know what happened and how the Piper was able to lead these children out of town. Was it really because of a magic flute? Or was there another reason? There have been many different theories over the years of what might have happened. One thing I should mention is that we aren't sure just how old these children were. During the 13th century, men as old as 20 that were unwed were still referred to as children. This is important to know when you listen to some of these theories. Some think that the Piper might have been a man of religion. He might have been someone that wanted to lead a group of young people on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Some believe that the Piper was a man recruiting for the children's crusade, 
However, unless the dates listed for the missing children are incorrect, the Children's Crusade actually took place 70 years before the 1284 date that were given. Other people look at the Piper as a Robin Hood type figure. In fact, for many years he was regarded as a type of Robin Hood. It isn't until the 16th century that the Piper was associated with the figure of death, and most likely because it was the same time that rats were brought into the story. Rats have been associated with death for years, and a man being able to control the rats would have been looked at as the same way. But at this point, the Piper wasn't necessarily looked at as an insidious person. Could the Piper have been a man that kidnapped the children in order to obtain a ransom, which he then distributed to the poor? There is one theory that the Piper was actually a German adventurer who claimed to be the reincarnation of the Holy Roman Emperor, Frederick II. However, there really isn't a mention of this man being in Hamlin. Then there's a natural disaster theory. There could have been an earthquake, a landslide, a flood, or any other disaster that caused the children's loss. One city claims that a major tremor could have occurred in 1284. This could explain the legend of the children being swallowed by the mountain. Another popular theory is that some type of plague occurred. When we think of a plague, we think of an infectious disease. The Black Plague, for instance, was rumored to have killed more people than World War I and World War II combined, and it was said to be caused by rats. So this is an interesting theory as it brings rats back into the story, but there's another plague that many scholars are pointing to. The Dancing Mania, or the Dancing Plague. During the 13th century, young people danced and twitched to the point of exhaustion. It's debatable whether it, this was a type of mass hysteria led by music or some type of neurological disorder. There were several instances of dancing outbreaks in Germany during this time. In Erfurt in 1247, a hundred or more children are said to have danced and hopped out of town until they reached the next settlement. These children then collapsed on the street and some of them were found dead while others suffered from tremors and fatigue for the rest of their lives. Another instance was in 1278 when about 200 people in Maastricht compulsively danced on a bridge until the bridge collapsed and they were all killed. You'll have to excuse me on those names because I'm pretty sure I butchered them. Anyway, could this have been what happened to the children of Hamlin? Could a man have come to town and led the dancing children away? There are instances of this dancing plague for at least 200 years after the children went missing. If you want to know more about the Dancing Plague, I recommend reading The Dancing Plague by John Waller. There's another interesting theory of what happened to the children, and this one is connected to yet another legend. In Transylvania, it's said that the annual festival used to be held to commemorate the anniversary of the forefathers. At this festival, young people danced behind a piper in remembrance of how their ancestors came into the land. There's no documentation confirming this, and it's only told through oral tradition, so many people haven't looked closely at it. There might be a person connected to the disappearance of the children. In some instances, it is said that the stained glass window also contained a picture of three stags grazing under some trees. The heads of these stags formed the coat of arms for the house of Spiegelberg. In local tradition, Nicholas von Spiegelberg had something to do with the disappearance of the children. 
Some say that he convinced the children to immigrate to German settlements and they died along the way. Others say he convinced them to fight in a battle that they didn't return from. Another story is that he actually led the children to a high hill out of town where they were all massacred. Anyway, von Spielberg actually disappears from records shortly after the disappearance of the children, and it is unknown at what's happened to him. Lastly, there's the theory that the Piper was one of the first known serial killers and that he preyed upon the children of Hamelin. There isn't any documentation supporting this theory, and most of the inscriptions say something about the children being lost, not that they were all killed. Regardless, it seems that 130 children did disappear from Hamlin in some way. Hamlin itself seems certain that music has something to do with the children's disappearance. In fact, on the street that the children were said to walk down, which is known as Drumless Street, music and dancing are still forbidden. While music seems to be a consistent theme, rats are not part of the original story. If there was a rat infestation in Hamlin during the 13th century, it was never documented. So what do you guys think is the most likely scenario? Do you think the Piper was a stranger that wandered into town? Do you think the children left because of a war, an exodus, the dancing plague? Let me know at legendarytruths at gmail.com. If you want to know more about the Pied Piper, read In Search of the Pied Piper by Rado Florescu. I most likely said that wrong, so I'm going to spell it really quick. R-A-D-U, last name F-L-O-R-E-S-C-U. It's a really interesting read, and I found a lot of my information inside of it. I hope you all enjoyed the podcast. Join me next time on another episode of Legendary Truths. Legendary Truths.